Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Jesus, one more hand clap in the house of God. Come on, how many of y'all think he's worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor? Amen. We got a God that's worthy this morning. It's Sunday morning, and we love you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's welcome every campus. Let's welcome Dumas, Texas right now. Welcome Dumas, Owensboro, Kentucky, Henderson, Kentucky. We love you and everybody watching online, and we are excited. I believe God is going to do something big in you today. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, just tell them something good is going to happen to you today. Let them know that. Something good is coming your way in Jesus' mighty name. And uh, I'm fired up to get to teach the Word of God. We just got back from the nation of Israel. Uh, was over there about 12 days, and we went from what they call Dan to Beersheba, from the north to the south, up in the Golan Heights all the way down to the Dead Sea. And it's always a blessing. It's like St. Augustine said this. He said there are five Gospels that every person needs to read or see. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and the land of Israel, the context where they happen. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to go to Israel in about another year, a little bit past that. How many of y'all would like to go someday and see where Jesus walked, where those miracles were performed? Well, I would love to take you with me. We'll have a massive time. So start to prepare your heart. Believe God. Come on, we'll go up to Jerusalem, to the Temple Mount together. It'll be awesome. And uh, I just want to pick up where I left off before I, before I went to the land of Israel. Now I want to preach part two on blessed thinking. May I ask you, how many of you believe that Jesus is Messiah? See your hand. Come on, y'all believe that out there? You believe that in Henderson, Kentucky, Jesus is Messiah? Then you can boldly say, I'm blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. All right, here's the scripture that proves it. It's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says this, Christ has redeemed us. That means he bought us back, he shed his blood. Is anybody thankful that his blood is more powerful than the coronavirus this morning? His blood is more powerful than cancer this morning. His blood is more powerful than any plague this morning. Christ has redeemed us, bought us back with his blood. That's what that means. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Some of you might be from Jewish heritage. I'm not. I'm a Scot-Irish mutt. Call, if you're not a Jew, the Bible calls you a Gentile. How many are from a Gentile heritage? Let me see your hand. Well, I'll tell you what. God said, I'll bless the Gentiles in faith in Christ Jesus, just like I've blessed the Jews. Anybody thankful out there for the blessing of God on our life? So now if the Bible says we're blessed, he says he blessed the Gentiles in Jesus, Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So if I'm blessed now, I have to learn to think blessed. I have to learn to walk blessed. I have to learn to talk blessed. 
have to learn to, to look blessed. Now, I want to pray that God would teach us to think blessed right now. Come on, let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that cursed thinking would be broken out of every person under the sound of my voice. We come against the curse. We know we're redeemed from it by the blood of Jesus. We thank you today that the blessing of Father Abraham is now on each and every one of our lives, and we are blessed with believing Abraham. That blessing is on us, in us, and flowing through us. In Jesus' mighty name, and the church said, amen, amen. Well, I'll tell you, whenever we, we went to the land of Israel, there's so much to take in. You see so much in such a, uh, a short period of time. Now, I prepared quite a few videos to show around Easter and after Easter. I'm going to take and I'm going to help walk you through the land of Israel. But you do a lot of touring, a lot of education, a lot of learning while you're there. And you also get to do, the ladies like this, I don't as much, you get to do a lot of shopping. Do I have any shopping fans out there? You ladies that like to shop till you drop, all right? Well, I promise you somebody wants to make a deal with you everywhere you turn. And uh, some of the people on our trip wanted to look at jewelry while we were there. And if I think about the diamond industry as a whole, and I think about a people group attached to the diamond industry, you think about Israel and the Jew. And so we, we go into this, this nice place, this diamond place, and uh, before they take you into the showroom, they have like a theater set up with a movie you watch about their diamonds. How many know if you've got your own theater and movie to play before you sell somebody, they're going to get you if you buy something from them in there, right? They're going to they're gonna get you, buyer beware, right? And, uh, but, but I've always known that the Jews had so much of the diamond trade, and I didn't know how. So we got in there, we're looking at unbelievable pieces and some of the most beautiful stones in the world. And I asked my God, I said, how did, how did Israel get their hands on all of the diamond trade? So I don't know what percentage it is, but I know it's massive. And they said, well, let me tell you how. Whenever we were in Europe, there were anti-Semitic laws passed against us where we could not buy land, we could not buy buildings. And so our traders and our businessmen had to find a way to store wealth without owning property. And they looked around and they saw that jewelry was big ticket items and that the whole world wanted diamonds. And so instead of taking that burden, we turned it around and we made it a blessing. And we found a way to turn that problem into the promises of God. We found a way to turn that test into a testimony. And now the Jews own 70% of the diamond trade in the world and it all started because the world told them no and they said no we're not cursed come on somebody they said in their mind what are we church we are what blessed what an amazing turn of events man them telling them no lit a fire on the inside of those guys and they found a way to be blessed oh that we in the church would learn to take the nose and believe God in the midst of the storm and when the world comes around us to say no this isn't the end this is just a test but my God is going to give me a testimony and I'm going to rise above it instead of curse thinking that's blessed thinking come on turn to your neighbor just tell them you're blessed this morning I want you to think about this they turned that no into owning 70% of an $82 billion diamond jewelry market in the world. That's in 2017. We ought to give God one more hand clap. He can turn any situation around. They own 70% of the $13 billion worth of raw diamonds that are brought out of the earth. 
It's the blessing of God on their life. Now, I'm telling you, whenever you're a blessed person, you don't have to lay down at the first sign of struggle or the first fight. Come on, the fight comes, but how many of you know Goliath is what makes a David? The lion and the bear set you up to be a king in the future. You just embrace it, roll with it, and what the devil meant for evil in your life up there in the balcony, I'm telling you, God's going to turn around, and he's going to use it for good, for his glory, and you're going to come out on top. See, it's the blessing of Abraham. And now the blessing of Abraham doesn't just belong to the Jews. It belongs to you. Let's say this out loud. Say, I have the blessing of Abraham on my life. Let's say it again. I have the blessing of Abraham on my life. Say it a third time so you get it. I have the blessing of Abraham on my life. I want you to open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. I want to read this blessing to you. Now, I want to show you seven ways you're blessed. What did Abraham's life look like? Well, the Bible says this. When Abraham was old and well advanced in age, the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The blessing of God will eventually work its way out of your life into every area of your life. Here's the way blessing works. A lot of people want to get saved one day and everything be perfect tomorrow. How many of you have not had that experience, right? See, it starts on the inside. God blesses you when you come into Jesus. And now the root of your life has changed. And now little by little, bit by bit, the more we are in his presence, in his word, in his church, come on, it starts to go from the root of blessing to the fruit of blessing in our life. That's why the Bible says when Abraham was old, well advanced in age, the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. It takes a lifetime to walk out all of the blessings of God. Would my more mature saints give me an amen out there, right? It takes a lifetime. A lot of us want it all. We want it now. That's not the way blessing works. But I'll show you how blessing comes on your life and it starts to increase. Here's what God said to Abraham about how he would bless him. Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3, it says this. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, and from your father's house. I'm telling you, there's some of you out there, there's some people you need to get away from in life if you're going to walk into all of the blessing that God has for you. Some of you ladies are dating a guy right now that tells you he's a Christian, but you don't know what church he goes to because he doesn't have a church. And I'm going to tell you, if he doesn't have a church, he's probably not a Christian. And you ought to hear the word of the Lord today, and I could save you 10 years of trouble and maybe some abuse from your children. You ought to get out of your country and away from that person right now while there's still a chance. Come on, somebody. Some good, good preaching, isn't it? Before a boy's going to date my daughter, I'm going to know what church he goes to. I want to see his tithe record. I want to know how many days he misses work. I want to feel his hands and see if they're work brittle or not. Come on, somebody. I'm going to put him in a stressful situation, watch if he cracks or makes it. Come on, somebody. Amen. We ought to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen? See, some of you have uh, some family members you need to get away from. Love them before them, but their influence needs to stop in your life at such a high level. Some of you have some Christian people you need to get away from in life. Just because they love Jesus doesn't mean they should set my mindset. Some of them love Christ, but what they don't know, they don't know. And Abraham said, you're going to get away from these people. You're going to go to a place that I will show you. 
See, walking into the blessing of God, vision for blessing and, and having a picture of a blessing isn't the hard part of going forward in life. Some of the hard things about going forward in life is who are you going to leave behind to get to where God's called you? That's the real test of blessing. And Abraham, he gets up and he leaves his house and he goes to a place where God will show him. He says he's going to make him a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. And I will bless him that bless you, and I'll curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The first blessing I see here is the divine leadership of God. One of the blessings of Abraham is divine leadership. I'm telling you what, Owensboro, Kentucky, you got the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm telling you, Amarillo, you hear the voice of the good shepherd and no other voice will you follow. I'm here to tell you, Dumas, God's going to take you by the right hand, lead you, say unto you, fear not. I'm here to tell you right now, every His Church campus, your steps are ordered of the Lord. You have divine leadership and you're not walking alone not knowing what you're doing. See, God will lead us. So here's how, here's how Abraham gets led. God says, get up and start walking. You'll go to a land I'll show you. Doesn't tell him where he's going. He just says, I'll show you. I believe leadership happens when you start walking. I say it like this. The word comes in the walking. That action of faith. I think about preaching around the world doing missions, and I used to do a lot of them with, with uh, the man that married my mother, Pastor Rand Montgomery. Come on, let's give Pastor Rand a hand clap. He came out of this church. We love him. And, and Pastor Nikki, his former wife who passed away, who, who was one of the most wonderful women on earth. I love her. And, and we would preach in uh, the underground church, and I preached with them in Burma and Vietnam and Thailand and all those kind of places. And like preaching in Vietnam, sometimes I would preach like eight hours a day to hungry people. And when you got done, I mean, you should have seen me at the end of eight hours. I'm like, uh, every inch of my body is covered sweat because I got a spiritual gift of sweating that is almost unrivaled except by T.D. Jakes, right? Just covered in sweat and uh, look like I've been in a swimming pool. And at the end of eight hours of preaching, uh, Pastor Nikki would look over. She'd line up 30 people. And she said, now that Pastor Brian's done preaching, He's going to prophesy to all 30 of these leaders. And I'm already done. Now remember the camera's on my face. I'm sitting when she said it. And, and somebody captured this on video. She said, he's going to prophesy to all 30 of you. And I'm like, oh, brother. You know, that's what I do. And so, but here's the thing. Pastor Nikki, who was the authority in the room over my life, said that I was going to prophesy to all 30 people in that room. I didn't have a word for one of them. So you know what I did? I got up by faith because she told me to. And I started walking to the first person. And I'll tell you, the word came in the walking, and I read every 30 people's mail right there in front of me. Because if you get up and go, God will show you on your way. That's divine leadership. Amen? But if you sit and wait, you don't get a word. It's the way it works. So God will lead you to bless you. God will also lead you to protect you. Years ago, my brother and I, we were getting in a little four-seat plane, getting in the back, and... Uh, I sleep better on an airplane than I sleep on the ground. I, I slept from, from all the way from JFK to Tel Aviv 11 hours. Come on, that is a gift from God, man. I can sleep standing up somewhere. Now, I'm not afraid of an airplane. I, don't, I, don't get, I just don't get afraid. I just, just, it's got to be real bad before I get something rattles me. And uh, I'm going to get on this airplane, and I get in the back. 
When I start to get in the back of the airplane, my spirit man jumps. How many know God doesn't just talk to your head? How many of y'all ever hear something from right here, right? We call it our knower. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, listen to your knower. Just tell them that you got to listen. Right? I listen to it. It's a blessing. If I, if, I, if I deny it, it always hurts me. And uh, I go to sit in this airplane. I sit down in this airplane. All of a sudden, my, my knower jumps. My spirit man jumps. And I turn to my brother and I say, man, I, I don't know that I can get in this plane. And I start to get out and I talk myself out of it. How many of you have ever talked yourself out of what God was telling you? Now, I got back down in the plane, and it jumped again. I said, Ben, Ben, I, I got to get out of this plane. Something, something right, something right. And I talked myself out of it. I'm like, I oh, know God's with me. God will protect me. How many of you was trying to protect me with my Noah right then, right? Too stupid to listen, right? And so I get back over there a third time, and I say, I got to get out. And Ben says, well, get out, Brian, if you got to get out. And I get out for a second, and I get, get back in. I say, I'm okay, okay, let's go. And so we start taking off and going down the runway in this little plane. We've gotten right to the point of lift. We get to the point of lift, the landing gear on the front of the plane breaks, the plane jerks straight right, and we're right up into the air without a landing gear now. Tell you what, if you want to improve your prayer life, go up in a plane without a landing gear. You will pray in tongues. You will quote scripture you didn't know you knew. You'll be giving yourself the Catholic cross. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're for. You'll be trying it all, right, to land this plane. And uh, I remember uh, there's a Catholic out front. He's talking in tongues. He was so scared. So anyway, we, uh, we fly around, and they look. The, the, the guys in the tower are like, yeah, your landing gear's broken. But, so we land that plane. God had mercy. It's straightened out. Come on, God bless me, even though I didn't listen. Let's give God a hand clap. Could have missed all that. It's divine leadership. Put one foot on the ground. My brother's like, hey, next time God tells you something, you better tell me. I'll tell you what, I'm not putting up with this anymore out of you. He was mad. He was hot. First blessing, I want you to know that you have divine leadership. Can I get an amen out there? You're led of the Lord. Come on, put your right hand out in front of you. Just say this out loud. Say, Father, take me by the right hand. Lead me. Say unto me, fear not. It's the first blessing. The second blessing he says is he says, I will, I will take you to a land that I'll show you, and I will make you a great nation. Come on, our God is making us a great nation. That's the blessing of divine family. Whenever we come into a room like this, we're not in a room with strangers. We're in a room with brothers and sisters. We're in a room with fathers and mothers. We're in a room with children in the faith. One generation in here is declaring to the next the wonderful works of God. This is not just a building. This is a divine family God wants to bless in the midst of Amarillo. The blessing of Abraham is the blessing of divine family. Family is powerful. You may come from a family that had a bad name, but I'm telling you what, you're in a different family now. You've been born into the family of God. You're a child of Abraham. And that curse that was on them isn't on your life anymore. You are different now. You're in the family. Think about this. God made them a great nation, the nation of Israel. David took them to heights, and Solomon took them to heights. And then things happened. Think about, think about the trouble that came against Israel if you've read through the Bible. Man, you know, Egypt tried to destroy them before they ever got started. Then they get going. 
And in 722 B.C., the Assyrians uh, take a portion of Israel away into bondage. In 586, the Babylonians try to destroy that nation. I will make you a great nation. Tore down Jerusalem, burnt down the temple. Like Jesus said, he, he said that happened in 70 AD. 586, there's an attack, the temple sacked. Later again in 70 AD, the Romans burned down the temple. How many of you remember where Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another? All of it was fulfilled. They even pried apart the, the stones up there to get the gold out of the temple, out of the ground. We were just sifting through soil from the Temple Mount at an archaeological dig. We got to help some people, and they say the soil under the temple is so rich with silver and gold, it's not like earth anywhere else on the earth. 70 AD, Jerusalem sacked. Think about the persecution that came against the Jews around the world. They went to Europe. They were persecuted, couldn't buy land. Do you know that Christopher, Christopher Columbus had Jews in his family? The reason he came to find a new world was to find a place where the Jew could go without being persecuted. Think about what Hitler did to them in recent history. Just a minute ago in the 40s, he killed 6 billion Jews. 1.5, million, 1.5 million Jewish children. Stalin killed 20 million of them. They're persecuted. But even in the midst of all that persecution, God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He said, I'll bring you back from all over the earth and I'll make you a nation again. And in the 1940s, you know what happened? God began to draw them back from all over the earth, back to their homeland in Israel. And a people group that was scattered across the earth, the first time it's ever happened in the history of humanity, came back and reestablished a nation to the glory of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That divine family came back. That's why we stand with Israel and his church. We are a friend to Israel. We back pro-Israel politicians. We're going to bless that nation and we're going to be blessed ourselves. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap. At every campus, we're a divine family. So it's the same way with us as Christians. It's the same thing. Think about the persecutions come against the Christian church. We've been fed to lions We've been boiled in oil. We've had our families separated from us, our lands taken away. ISIS just had a heyday with us, but I'm telling you, every time they try to bury us, God just keeps resurrecting us to the glory of God. Why? Because we are a divine family, people made in the image of God. The third blessing of Abraham I see here is divine blessing. Come on, somebody say blessing. I told you what I believe it means to be blessed a couple of weeks ago. I believe to be blessed means that you're anointed to win. I like the way that sounds, don't you? Come on, somebody say, I'm anointed to win. The second thing it means is I'm empowered to prosper. Come on, you ought to say that, I'm empowered to prosper. The third thing it says is I'm impossible to curse. Come on, I declare over you, you're anointed to win. Right here, you're empowered to prosper. Over here, you're impossible to curse. You are blessed. He said, I'll bless you. Man, what a, what a wonderful word. What a promise from heaven. Blessing of God on my life. Now, I'll tell you, I don't ever want to uh, apologize for the blessing of God that's on our life. So don't ever be mad at people that are blessed. Don't be small about people being blessed. For me, I'm telling you, life's not about houses and cars, but I pray you all have a Rolls and live in a mansion because I'm not jealous. I get larger, not smaller. 
I can live anywhere. I want you to be blessed. I can think about times where I felt sorry that I'd been blessed. People come up and say things to me, kind of backhanded because I'm a pastor. It's like, that's a really nice shirt you have on. But they're not complimenting the shirt. They're saying you spent too much money on the shirt. And I used to be all pitiful about it. I'd say, well, I bought it on sale. Somebody gave it to the humble man of God. But I refuse to apologize ever again for the blessing of God that's been poured out on my life. That blessing was bought at Calvary. Now, I'm not about shirts or houses or cars. Shirt I got, I bought for $11 online. Come on, I like a deal. Can I get an amen? But don't be sorry because God's blessed you. And don't let somebody else's poverty, small thinking spirit stop your family from going higher. Because they got cursed thinking and you have blessed thinking. Amen? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. Fourth blessing I see here is there is a divine name. He said, I'll make your name great. Man, some of us come out of households where the name has some scars on it. How many of you come from a house the name's taken some licks, right? Think about my household. We've had some licks in our name, in our, in our adult life. I remember a day, and it wasn't me. It was extended family. Jesse and I were laying in bed together. There was an article written so bad about some extended family of mine that I was attached to just by my name. We were laying in bed, and me and Jesse looked at each other, and we said, do you remember when we used to be somebody? We're like, yep, that's all over now, you know? That's all over. Huh? God can restore your name. Why? Because your name isn't their name anymore. You bear and carry a different name. You ought to drink that in. You ought to feel that, right? You bear and carry. There's an anointing on that. You bear and carry a different name now. It's the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We were with a, we're with this Jewish tour guide. She's a war hero in Israel. Amazing woman. I've, I've got to travel with her twice, Jesse and I. Name's Ahuva. She ran hospitals during the Six-Day War in Israel. Actually was in a, a firefight by the Church of the Nativity taking that that city once, keeping hold of it. Anywhere you go in Israel, people know her. Doesn't matter if you're in Tel Aviv, people come up and say hi. Bethlehem, they come up and say hi over in Palestinian Authority. They say hi to her in Jerusalem. And she went out of her way to say, listen, I come from a very small country. Everybody knows your name. Doesn't matter where I go, I can't hide my name here. Said in America, you can go start somewhere all over and it's a very large place, but your name is so important. How many of you know that after the name of Jesus has been spoken over us, we ought to protect the name that we carry? Amen. It's a divine name. You have the blessing of Abraham. That's the blessing of a good name. The next blessing I see is you're blessed, not just to be blessed yourself, but he said, I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. What does a blessing come for? It comes that we might be a blessing. How many of you want to be a blessing to somebody else? How many of you want to be a blessing to a lost world around you? Man, oh, that I might be a blessing. You know, I love to be blessed and I love whatever, good things. 
How many know there's a point where stuff is just stuff and more stuff isn't going to make you any any happier? Can I get an amen? But there's an overflow God wants to give you in life where it's not just about you, us four, and no more, but now I'm not just blessed to bless me. I'm blessed to bless the world. See, he put the nation of Israel right by two major trade routes. One was the way of the sea. The other was the way of the king. People would come from all over the world right by Israel. God put them right there so they could be salt and light and a city set upon a hill. So they could be blessed and the world could see the blessing of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm telling you, God is lifting up his church in this hour. He's going to bless us to be a blessing. He's going to raise you and your family up. And he's going to use us so the world might see the joyous Jesus, the gentle Jesus, the loving Jesus, the fulfilling Jesus, the giving Jesus, the healing Jesus. You are blessed to be a blessing it's the blessing of Abraham it's on your life turn to your neighbor tell him you're blessed to be a blessing amen oh I'm out of time last two things and I'll, I'll close with these last two ideas he said those that bless you I will bless those that curse you I will curse I believe it's the blessing of divine influence When somebody blesses a Christian or blesses a Christian leader or blesses a church, there's a blessing that comes on their life. I go out of my way to be a blessing to my Christian brothers and sisters. I go out of my way to bless churches and bless leaders. Amen? So I want that divine influence, blessed to be a blessing. And then then it says this. He says, if somebody blesses us, we're blessed. If somebody curses you, it's the sad thing. It's the other side. They're cursed. And I've seen it happen in very, very real ways. We don't have a God that wants to curse people. We have a God that wants to bless people. Can I get an amen? But that divine influence is so strong. And it draws people to you. The last blessing that I'll talk about today is the blessing of divine salvation. He told Abraham, in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Contained in Abraham's life was something that was strong enough to bless the entire world. Now I'll tell you what was swimming around in Abraham whenever God was prophesying to him. It was the seed that was going to go forth and it was going to become Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. You may be out there and say, Brian, I don't know how to connect to all this blessing. I can tell you how. His name is Jesus. He is the blesser. He's the one that loves you, died for you, paid for your sins on the cross. And in Abraham's blessing, there's divine salvation. Would you stand up on your feet with me today? Stand up on your feet right where you are. At every campus right now, campus pastors are coming, and they're going to begin to talk to you about that divine blessing or the blessing of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want you to close your eyes with me. What Pastor Brian's talking about right there, that that divine blessing, it's something really that we talked about here in this campus at the beginning of our service. We talked about how that that blessing is is available to us to be engrafted into that because of that relationship with Jesus. But the thing as Christians is that uh, that is just the beginning of that that story for us as sons and daughters of, of God. And so now that we are Christians, that's what Pastor Brian, the whole message is for us now that we have that relationship, now that we are engrafted into, into this new, new family, this new kingship, this new, this, new, this new king's court, 
right? And so now we can walk out in that blessing of Abraham. And so I love what Pastor Brian is talking to about it, about not being ashamed. We don't have to be cowardly Christians, you know, oh so humble that, you know, we just kind of have to have our, our, our tail between our legs every time, you know, because we don't want to be so boisterous. But that's really kind of the opposite of how it's supposed to be. The Bible describes Christians, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. In layman's terms, as Christians, we should run things. And that's not a braggish thing. That's not me pounding on my chest. I should run things because of whatever. I should run things because I've got the Holy One on the inside of me, the knower on the inside of me that's going to help me and lead me and prosper me and, and give me divine appointments, give, give me divine words, give me divine wisdom. And not just me because God's not a respecter of persons. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for all. He'll do it for you. He'll do amazing things through you. And so you should look at Sundays as not just opportunities to come to church and just pass time and may, maybe learn something, maybe you won't, but to every single time, Sundays, Wednesdays, every time you've got a Bible study, anytime, to be equipped to be that blessing. And Pastor Brian said it, we're, we're, we're blessed to be that blessing. The blessing, our cups, they overflow not for us, not for, not for just uh, uh, overflow reasons to bless us on top of being blessed, but to bless us so that we can turn and start to bless other people around us. So when you go to work tomorrow, look, look at that workplace as a ministry field. Many of you, most of you, don't work full-time in ministry like I do. I, I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll work on Monday morning here at the church. Most of you don't work at a church. You work somewhere out in the world, and I'm telling you, that's just as much of a ministry field as it is mine. It's a ministry field to, to, to confess what God has done in your life. The Bible talks about they'll be overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Man, it's so powerful. If, if you'll allow God to use you, to work through you, to, to, to let, let, the, let that blessing be shown that's on your life, let that be shown at the world around you, the world will take note. There's a, there's a, a scripture that talks about how we should let our lights shine. It says, let your light shine so that men around may see your, your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm telling you, your, your family, it's a ministry field. Your neighborhood, your workplace, the people you know, it's a ministry field. And if you'll allow the blessing of God to flow in your life, flow through your life, man, you, you, the, the world around you, even the secular world, it, it'll have to stand and take notice. Hey, there's something different. Man, there's something different about your life. Man, there's something different in Trisha's life. There's, some, there's something different about Kevin. What is it? Man, what, what is that difference in their life? But what, what about Bob? Man, Bob, oh, it just seems that anointing, that blessing, is just always following him. What is that difference? And I'm telling you that you're blessed to be a blessing, to, to let that anointing overflow so you can impact the world around you. I'm telling you, we have the blessing of Abraham in our life. So as Christians, come on. As Christians, walk tall. Walk with your head up. We are the head. You are the head and not the tail. You're at the front of the line, not the back of the line. And it's not because of you. It's not because of your gifting. It's not because of anything you did. It's because of who we represent. We are ambassadors of Christ, the king of the world. Come on, let's represent him well. Let's walk with our head up high. Come on, let's end in prayer. We're going to walk out of here because we are blessed. Thank you, Lord, for everybody under the sound of my voice. I thank you that we are blessed. I thank you, Lord, that we are the head and not the tail. I thank you, Lord, that we are above 
and never beneath. We are victors and not victims. And so I thank you, Lord, that we walk out of here and, and have that mindset each and every day in every situation we go into. I thank you, Lord, we are blessed beyond measure. And I thank you, Lord, that, it, that as we uh, uh, just live out that blessing, live out the anointing of God that's on us, Father God, the, the secular world around us, it would take note and it would give you glory. It would bring you praise. It would bring the attention to you where it rightly is deserved, Father. And so I thank you, Lord, we are blessed to be a blessing. Lord, we thank you for these things now. In Jesus' mighty, mighty, mighty name, the church said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, make that, make that confession. Say this. Say, say, I am blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed. So my family's blessed. My spouse is blessed. My kids are blessed. My finances are blessed. My health is blessed. My mind is blessed because I am blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, come on, everybody. Y'all go and have a great week. Be blessed. You are a blessing. Have a fantastic Sunday. We will see you guys again soon. Love you guys.